Pass First Point Guard and Trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond, and you are listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making this show your first listen every day. It's Locked On Blazers, your team every day. And while we're still three days a week, make sure you listen to us every day. We have an episode. We'll get back rolling five days a week here in a couple weeks. It'll be your only daily Trailblazers podcast, so make it part of your daily routine. In today's show, we are continuing our Locked On Blazers countdown to tip-off. This is the third installment in our countdown. We're running down every player on the roster and giving you a brief but thorough look at what they'll bring to the Blazers. We'll look at how they performed last season, how they wound up on the Blazers, talk best and worst case scenarios for the upcoming year, and then we'll finish the episode like we do, talking likely role and expectations with the Blazers this season. Today's show is the third installment of our countdown to tip-off. So, If you missed the first couple, we did Anthony Simons and Shaden Sharp. You're going to want to catch those. We're going to be rolling these out all the way through early October to get you you everything you need to know about every player on the Blazers. Today, we got that dog in us. We're talking all things Josh Hart. Let's talk about Josh Hart's season with the Blazers. He joined the He joined the Blazers in February as the central player Portland received from New Orleans in the long-awaited C.J. McCollum swap. Josh Hart came to Portland along with two guys that didn't make it. Tomas Sadoransky and Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who were rerouted, along with Didi Luzada, who has since been cut. Josh Hart, couple second round picks and a, and a 2025 first rounder that was eventually sent to Detroit. But the main the main piece Portland got back in exchange with CJ McCollum was Josh Hart. It in in the moment it felt somewhat underwhelming. Sure, the Blazers didn't take back bad money in exchange for CJ McCollum, but they got worse, right? Like they got this, Josh Hart is not as good as he is. Uh, they got a worse player, but Hart pretty much immediately wiped out the idea that he was like a way lesser player. I don't mean to suggest that he's as good as C.J. McCollum. I don't think he ever has been, and, and, and quite frankly, probably won't be. But Josh Hart can hoop, and he showed that he could hoop right away. His debut came on February 12th. The trade was uh, completed on February 8th. Hart sat out his first, you know, after the trade, he he came over and sat out the first couple games as he was kind of getting getting physical and making sure he was getting his physical, making sure he was ready to go, all those things. He made his debut a couple nights later, four nights after the trade on February 12th, and all he did was score 23 points on 7 of 12 shooting. Two nights later, he had 27 points, 7 boards, and 5 assists at Milwaukee. And then the game before the All-Star break, 22 points, 7 boards, 6 assists at Memphis. His first three games were nuts. Nuts. 23-27-22. Grabbing tons of rebounds. Making multiple three-pointers, including five in that game against the Bucks. Like, this was as well as Josh Hart could play. He stepped into a major role on a team that no longer had Norman Powell, that no longer had C.J. McCollum, and, and Josh Hart could be a guy that they could go to. And he said, yeah, 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 go go to me. I'm ready to ride. Out of the All-Star break, he wasn't quite as as nuts. Uh, he struggled just a little bit. He just didn't shoot as well. Like, he didn't make multiple threes. In the games he made multiple threes, he was nuts. In the five games out of the All-Star break, he scored 12, 11, 10, 6, and 5. And then he went presidential. Against Washington, 44 points, dropping the Obama against the Wizards. He also had four steals and five assists in that game. Like, he was 
He was so good. A career night, and later he joked that he should have had 50 because they didn't feed him the ball enough down the stretch. In the post-game interview with Brooke Olsendam on the court, Trenton Watford grabbed the microphone and said, he got that Obama, and it became uh, a meme here in these parts. Josh Hart was as good as he had ever been, and two nights after scoring 44, he had 31, and he ended his Blazers season with two more games of plus 25. 25 and 26 in his final two games in a Blazers uniform this season until he caught the highly contagious left knee tendinopathy. Just it was just going around. Everyone was catching that. Everyone was catching tendinitis in their left knee. That was March 21st. He scores 25. They shut him down for the rest of the season. And, and in a brief time, Josh Hart shone so freaking brightly. Played 13 games for Blazers, averaged 19.9 points, 5.4 boards, 4.3 assists, and 1.2 steals in 32 minutes. Shot 50% from the floor, 37% from three, and 77% from the three-point line. He entered this summer in somewhat in flux. Uh, He had a a fully non-guaranteed contract, but he was so darn good. It wasn't about whether the Blazers would pick it up. It's whether he would get traded with that contract or whether if they really chased a big fish, they would maybe drop him to uh, chase, you know, a max contract player. That was never really in the cards. If they were going to bring back Anthony Simons, it was kind of, you had to choose max player or Ant and, and Josh. The The decision became relatively simple. Josh Hart comes back, and now he enters this season in a contract year with the Blazers. In a brief time, just 13 games, he was fantastic, as good as he's ever been in the NBA. But his role will not be the same in his his this season with the Blazers. I was going to say his second season with the Blazers, but it was a partial, very partial season. but in his, his beginning of the year, his role will absolutely not be the same. But he's entering a contract year. This this summer, he has a dual option on his contract. He's a player option, and a and it's fully non-guaranteed. So the team has a guarantee date if he's on the roster guaranteed, but he can opt out. There is very little chance the confluence of things where Josh Hart and the Blazers both think he is equally paid. If the Blazers think it's a good deal, it's because Josh Hart's outperformed the contract. And if Josh Josh Hart outperforms the contract, he's going to opt out and hit free agency because he was going to want more money. He's going to be a free agent this summer. This is a contract year for Josh Hart. He was so darn good. But can he be so darn good when the gang is a little more healthy? That's what we'll talk about in the second segment. The best and worst case scenarios for Josh Hart. We do this with everybody. We try to find the polls. And we'll find the polls with Josh Hart in segment number two. But before we do that, I want to remind you about Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. And it's a fun time of year if you are someone who's looking to get in on some of that sports action. College football's here. The NFL's here. That means all weekend long, every weekend for the next three and a half months, four months, you can get in on games. BetOnline.net's going to have you covered with more props, more odds, more lines than ever before on all things pro and college football. If you don't want to bet on the gridiron, they got other sports too. So check it out. You can bet on basketball futures and NHL futures right now. You can get in on tennis and golf action. You can get in on combat sports. Whatever it is, you're going to find the action on BetOnline.net. That's BetOnline, where the game starts. Right. Let's talk best and worst case scenarios for Josh Hart. He was darn, he was great, great when in his 13 games with the Blazers. The question isn't like, was that the best he could ever be? The question is, 
in a more realistic role, what is the best case scenario? When we do these best, best and worst case scenarios, they're within reason and without injury. So we're not talking best case scenario for like any, any given basketball player. The best case scenario for Josh Hart on the Trailblazers this year and the worst case scenario without injuries. So obviously the worst thing that can happen is something, you know, your body breaking down. We're talking worst case scenario. If you're on the court and ready to go, what does the worst case scenario look like? We'll set the polls and figure out where Josh Hart might land. So the best case scenario for Josh Hart is that he's the answer at small forward. The Blazers have a pretty big question mark at three and, a, and some pretty big question marks at sort of backup four. The best case scenario is that Josh Hart is the answer to the question. Who plays small forward? That's Josh Hart. And it's an emphatic answer. It's not like, yeah, probably Josh Hart will see or maybe Nazir Little. It's, it's Josh Hart. That's the best case scenario is that he's that he is the player that unlocks Portland's small ball dream. And what I mean by that is this team is comfortable and prepared to go small. They are ready to go small and think they can do it without an issue. And they're probably right. They probably can go small and do it without an issue to an extent. Josh Hart will determine in many ways that extent. They're Portland's thin up front. They got one center who, you know, Nurk's going to play 30 minutes a night. They're going to play small at center with Justice Winslow or, or Jeremy Grant there. That means that everybody, when they're playing those small ball center minutes, has to slide up a spot. Nazir Little has to slide up to play the four. Justice Winslow, if he's not playing the five, has to play a little bit of the four. Trenton Watford has to play four and five. And Josh Hart probably has to play three and maybe even a little bit of four in certain lineups, or at least an interchangeable three, four with Nazir Little when they go small. The best case for Josh Hart is that he unlocks that as a strength for the Blazers. And they're the team that dictates it because Josh Hart is a really good ball handler and a really good rebounder. The advanced numbers suggest that Josh Hart is straight up the best rebounder at six foot five in the NBA. And one of the best rebounders, period, in the league, based on the availability of rebounds he grabs when he's on the court. He is the he is an elite rebounding guard, and he's just a straight-up wonderful rebounding basketball player, regardless of size or shape. He's a great rebounder. The best-case scenario is that that skill, that unique skill at his size, unlocks what the Blazers want to do. Plus, the best-case scenario is that the other stuff that Josh Hart does gives the Blazers a versatility and a strength that makes them hard to deal with. He's got some real secondary ball handler chops. He is a grab-and-go machine. Loves to grab a defensive rebound and push the other way. He is a really, really good straight-line driver. He's strong. He can get to the rim. He can finish through contact. The best case scenario was that he adds those elements to his game and continues to shoot well. He shot 37% from three, nearly 38% from three in 13 games with the Blazers. If he is up there again in a sample size of 75 games, that's close to the best case scenario. It would be well above his career average, and it would allow him to be both an on-ball secondary creator, where the Blazers want to get him reps as like a point guard is not the right word, but like secondary creator, right? Like someone else who sets up the offense, dribbles, gets into the paint. Uh, you know, the Blazers' like ideal offense is get into the paint, cause rotations, and, and make people pay once you get them scrambling in rotations. Josh Hart is the guy who gets that going, both as someone who can attack the paint and get get the defense scrambling, and a spacer. So when someone else attacks the paint, you have to respect him from three. The best case scenario is that he shoots well and maintains the secondary ball handling skills where he can lead the second unit as that, as that, chief guy who can have the ball in his hands as a, as a wonderful decision maker. And the best case scenario is that he plays 25 minutes a night and he gets paid because he's good. And that this isn't a short time with the Blazers. This is a guy who becomes a 
a part of the next phase. Uh, the Blazers have some big questions this year with Nazir Little and Jeremy Grant and Josh Hart all entering contract years. They've played, they've paid, excuse me, the other parts of, of the core with Anthony Simons, Yusuf Nurkic, and Nazir Little. Much of this season will be determining what the rest of that core looks like, whether it's the young guys at the end of the bench who are developmental types right now, like Keon Johnson or Shaden Sharp, or whether this veteran, more veteran group that's ahead of them right now is the answer. And if the best case scenario is that Josh Hart is clearly the answer, because he can play small forward, he can play a little bit of uh, power forward, he can play a little bit of the two, and really, you don't have to worry about what position Josh Hart plays, because when he's on the court, he can guard who you ask him to guard, and his 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 skill set brings enough on both ends of the floor that he makes the Blazers a matchup nightmare. The best case scenario for Josh Hart is that the 13 games you saw when he played for the Blazers earlier this season is just the beginning and he reaches a similar level of efficiency and potency when he's given a bigger role with Damian Lord and Anthony Simons and Jeremy Grant ahead of him in the pecking order. Throw Nurk in there too. A lower usage, but still an extremely effective player. That's the best case scenario for Josh Hart. So what's the worst case scenario? It's that a career 34% three-point shooter who shot below 35% in his two full seasons in New Orleans and below 33% in his half season in New Orleans last year reverts back to being a slightly below average outside shooter and without being this just bomber from deep, the way you guard him is a little bit different. And Josh is a really, really good second side attacker of the rim, really good playmaker. But if he can't shoot all of those skills, if he can't shoot as well, I should say, all of those skills are slightly diminished. If he is a if he is a below average shooter and defenses treat him like a below average shooter, it doesn't allow him to be as dangerous as a playmaker. It doesn't allow him to be as dangerous as a driver, either as a scorer or as a playmaker. And the worst case scenario is that the the domino effect of poor shooting limiting his other skills kind of adds up and that instead of being the guy who lit the world on fire in 13 games and went fully presidential he's more of a secondary role player type and the worst case scenario for Josh Hart is instead of being the answer at small forward who plays the three Josh the easy answer He's more of a shooting guard than he is this combo forward. And while he's a highly useful player, the question that Portland's roster poses are simply not answered by Josh Hart. The worst case scenario is that Josh Hart goes the way of Norman Powell, a good player who doesn't quite fit on this roster and with this group, and that he never plays a full season in Portland. The worst case scenario is that when you get to the trade deadline, Josh Hart is not only your most tradable asset, but he's someone you have to trade because the roster needs to be balanced and he's part of the imbalance. That's the worst case scenario. The best case is that he makes the imbalance on the roster special. He makes Blazers' version of small ball special. And the worst case scenario is that this gamble on going small and having the versatility that Josh Hart adds doesn't quite check the box. Those are your two polls. What we'll do in the third segment is talk about where Josh Hart lands. When we do these team previews, excuse me, season previews for each player, little player capsules is what I've called them in the past. We try to set the polls. Josh Hart is clearly the answer. Josh Hart is not possibly the answer to the questions that Portland's asking. Everybody falls in the middle. That's my goal when I write these out. Figure out what are the edges so we can find out where, where Josh Hart falls in the middle. 
Let's talk about where the pendulum is swinging for Josh Hart. Is he closer to the best case scenario or closer to the worst case scenario? And what are our expectations for his role in Portland as he enters 2022-2023? But first, let me tell you about a fun thing we got coming up on the network. Which NBA player is the best in the league? Is it Nikola Jokic, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Giannis Antetokounmpo, which player moves the needle, moves the betting line the most this season? Well, Locked On and Bet Online odds makers present you the NBA top 50 most valuable players starting on September 19th. Find it on Locked On NBA or wherever you get your podcast. Plus, it's on YouTube. Check it out. Still a pass first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond, and you are still listening to Locked on Blazers. We are still talking all things Josh Hart. We've set the polls, the best case and worst case scenarios for Jay Hart. He's going to land in the middle. What do I think the middle looks like for Josh? I think that's, that is the big question. First of all, let's start with his role. I think Josh Hart has an outside chance to start this year, but if I'm guessing, as I've done throughout the offseason, I do not believe he will be your starting small forward. I think Nazir Little will start at small forward because his size, he's a little bit longer, a little bit taller. He might be the same height, but he's he's longer. Uh, length is important for how you guard. Um, he's a little bit, Nas just a little bit bigger. I think that means that the lineup makes that makes the most sense would be a lineup that has Josh Hart come off the bench. I still think he plays a ton of minutes. I still think he plays half the game or more, as I mentioned before. Like that, the minutes allocation, as I mentioned, is best case scenario. Is he plays like 25 plus minutes a night. I think that's realistic. I think he's there. The question is more about what he does. I think he's your, I think he's your first guy off the bench. I think he's a sixth man type player. But I also think he's going to be the closer. If I had to guess who closes games for the Blazers, and I think this is important to NBA players, and also I think fans, nowadays we know that the most important minutes in NBA games, uh, I think if you're, heck, if you're listening to this podcast in September, you get it, and I, I don't need to explain it to you. I think Josh Hart is on the court to end games, and I think it's Dame, Anthony Simons, Josh Hart, Jeremy Grant and Yusuf Nurkic. I think there's a, there are times when you don't need a, a big five at the end of games, but I think that's more common in playoff type settings than uh, regular season type settings. I think Hart is your closer at small forward if he's not your starter. And I, I think that just just basically because as I sit here today on the, in the middle of September, you're listening to a Wednesday, September 14th show here. Uh, but as I sit here in the middle of September recording this podcast, Josh Hart is better than Izzy Little, significantly better than Izzy Little. He's a better ball handler. He's a way better passer. I think he's a more versatile defender. He's a better defensive rebounder, not a great offensive rebounder. And they're both, um, you know, below average shooters. But Josh Hart has had a longer stretch of being uh, a better shooter. And he's had a longer, he's had a more consistent stretch of being like a go-to featured part of an NBA offense. Nas can pass him quickly. I think Nas is, has great potential. In fact, the very next player capsule preview is going to be on one is your little. But sometimes the the challenge for a coach is that, hey, I got to just get my, my best five guys on the court. And if you got to get your best five guys on the court, that's Dame, Ant, J- Josh, Jeremy Grant, and, and Nurk. That's it. Like that's that's your best five right now for me. It can change. Hopefully it changes. Hopefully it's like, the you know, one of the many best case scenarios for the Blazers is that 
it's not clear who the best five guys are. And it becomes this whole thing about like, hey, the Blazers have seven dudes who can really play. What do you do with Gary Payton? What do you do with Nas type of stuff like that? The best case scenario is there's too many guys to play. That is, that is absolutely what you got to hope for with this team is, is that they got a lot of a lot of folks who can help. I think that's just, just certainly what you hope for. But I think an expectation for Josh Hart is that, you know, he's not going to average 19 and, and 19, 5 and 5 because he's just not going to get that usage again. But I think the keeping the assist numbers above three and a half, keeping the rebound numbers above four, very realistic because I think he's going to have the ball in his hands a fair amount with the second unit. And I think he's still a wonderful rebounder who's going to be asked to play a lot of minutes in small ball lineups. If Jeremy Grant is in the game, you need great rebounders around him. He is not a very good rebounder. You got to get Justice Winslow and Josh Hart in there to be valuable small ball rebounders. It's going to help unlock it. Uh, hopefully Nas takes a step forward as a defensive rebounder and he can be there too. Like you're going to need great rebounders. I think the expectation for, uh, for Josh Hart very, very reasonably, you know, three and three, three boards, three assists, you know, even if he's playing 26 minutes a night. The scoring is a little bit different. I would guess that he's averaging more around 12 or 13 a game, or maybe even less, depending on how much of the offense Jeremy Grant soaks up. But I don't think, in terms of counting numbers, if Josh Hart averages 10, 3, and 3, he's going to have a worse season. He could have a significantly better season. He's going to get some tough defensive assignments. He's going to guard up in size a lot. My expectations is that my expectation is that he gets um not every ask, because many of those will be answered by, uh, you know, Jeremy Grant or by Nazir Little or by uh, Gary Payton and, and maybe even by Justice Winslow, depending on the particular matchup. But Josh Hart's going to get some tough matchups. He's going to get some some of the big asks, particularly in closing lineups if they go the way I think he's going to go. Josh Hart might be the guy you have to stick on Kawhi Leonard, right? Like he might be the guy you have to stick on Luka Doncic and say, can you guard Luka for six minutes? I mean... To some extent, no one can guard those guys, but can you be the guy who is, who makes it a little bit tougher on him until the help comes? I My expectation is Josh Hart gets some of those tough assignments. If he averages 12, 3, and 3, if he's the answer at small forward, I think the pendulum leans more towards best case scenario for Josh Hart. But I think there's a scenario where he's good and helpful but he just ends up, he's just not quite, you know, he's like maybe a small three, small four type. Like he's maybe more, you know, uh, Josh Lloyd, host of Locked on Fantasy Basketball. He's, he's, we were arguing a little bit when I did a Blazer season preview with him. And he was saying that Hart is more more four than two. Like he's probably a small forward, but he's more leans four than two. And I think skill set wise, that might be right. Great rebounder, really tough physical player. Um, sure. But he's small you know, small for that, small for power forward, right? Like he's 6'5". You look at him and say, that's a shooting guard. I understand the argument. I understand the point there. And I think the reason why I do think the pendulum leans a little bit more towards best case scenario for Josh Hart is one, I just think he's a really good basketball player and really can help. But there's a chance that he's a really good basketball player and really can help. But the question specifically asked of him on this roster, he can't answer as well as others. I, I think that's real. And that's the challenge for me and the real intrigue of Josh Hart. Because I straight up think he's really good. Like, I, I really do. But, you you know, to, to, to use a former phrase in the Blazer land, you don't play in a vacuum. Like, you, you, you play, your coworkers determine so much of your success. And I worry, my worry with Hart is that his co-workers, specifically playing with Damian Lillard and Anthony Simons, will limit some of how good he can be because he's an answer for another type of roster. Like on a really big roster, Josh Hart is a really fun shooting guard. 
on a smaller roster, I don't know if Josh Hart is a really fun three or four. I don't think he's going to play a ton of power forward, to be clear. But the point is that like his skill set might lean him more towards that way than the other way. If he's the answer at three, he's absolutely the best case scenario. But my expectation is that he's not always and often isn't the answer at three. Come back for more to, uh, tomorrow. Come back for more on Friday. Uh, we'll have another player preview. It's going to be Nazir Little. That's what we'll close out the week doing. Tell your friends about this podcast. If you are listening to Lockdown Blazers this time of year and you have friends that like the Trailblazers, we're two weeks away, basically, a little more than two weeks away from uh, from training camp opening up and like the season being here. So say, hey, check out Lockdown Blazers and tell them it's available wherever they get podcasts and also on YouTube. And then come back and listen to the show on Friday. That way you and your pals will have something to chat about. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.